Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine talking to you today about an anniversary, the one-year anniversary of COVID-19. So I think this is going to be an important podcast, and um, I want to say up front that this will probably be a somewhat controversial con uh, podcast. Um, you know, these days with uh, the way the media is going, you know, it could even be censored. I hope not because, um, again, as a, as a doctor, I'm not giving you medical advice through this podcast. I have to give you that disclaimer. Um, I will give you medical advice if you come to my office or do a telemedicine consult, of course. But we kind of have to give these disclaimers. But, you know, um, I also feel that we have a right to um, express our opinion, especially if um, you explain both sides of situations and kind of use common sense so that the patient um, can come to their own conclusion about things that they want to do regarding their health. You know, remember the most important relationship um, in healthcare is that between a doctor and the patient. And it's a mutual uh, decision-making process that they go through that I've been going through with patients for 35 years. So it's been a really hard year. Um, again, we've had a half million people dead in the United States, um, worse than any other country, even though we by far spend the most money and we should have been prepared for this. We were one of the last ones that hit. So it's kind of been a shame. COVID, is, it's a real thing. It's not a hoax. It's almost like a terrible, terrible, terrible flu season. Um, COVID seems to be more contagious than the flu and um, probably more lethal. That's controversial in certain age groups. But in any event, I thought I would give you some of my thoughts about uh, this past year and what you can do to maybe make some decisions on your future health care and maybe whether or not to take the vaccine or not, um, and a little bit about the vaccines. I've kind of been holding off about talking about vaccines because I wanted them to be out for a while, and you know I wanted to give some informed uh, consent on this thing uh, before. And I know the thing about the media is, you know, they, they're really pushing for everybody to get vaccinated. And that may not be the most wise thing for every human to get vaccinated, especially if you've had reactions to vaccines before or certain autoimmune diseases, or if you're not in a really high-risk group, because these vaccines do cause side effects. I've seen quite a few of them. Um, so, um, so again, when this thing first started, a lot of mistakes were made because nobody really knew what this was going to do to us. Um, the CDC sure didn't know what to tell us. I mean, their guidance was very poor. Um, and the government shut things down uh, probably because they thought it would slow the virus down. And maybe it did for a while, but, you know, it keeps spiking up um, and really... Now we know that was probably a mistake, and not just because of all the mental health issues it's taken and all the suicides and the problems with kids in schools and businesses shut down, economies ruined in certain cases. Um, 
you know, to me it was really a mistake, but they didn't know any better at the time, so you can't blame them in a way. Take Sweden. You know, they decided, they were one of the very few countries decided to just life as usual, no lockdowns. Um, they did advise their elderly to stay away, which was a smart thing to do. And, you know, at first they said, well, man, they're getting hit pretty hard, but now they know that the mortality rate in this in Sweden were, was the same as their neighboring countries that did that shut down completely. So it turns out that they really don't need to shut countries down. I, I think that they do need to keep at-risk people isolated as they can. I mean, that just makes common sense, like with any flu-like illness. Um, so there also is a a huge controversy about asymptomatic spread. They just had a huge study in China that claimed that there is no asymptomatic spread. Now, can you believe what comes out of China? I'm not so sure. But, um, you know, it makes sense to me that, um, you know, if, if, if you don't have any symptoms and you're using personal hygiene, you're not getting in people's faces, you're not going to spread this virus. So, you know double and triple masking, um, I'm not sure it's necessary. I'm not against mask at all. And there's no doubt that this thing is a respiratory droplet virus. That's how it's spread. But, you know, using common sense uh, would tell you that you don't have to always wear a mask in certain situations. Um, it always kind of bothered me when I see people riding their bikes with no one around with their mask on or in their car with their mask on. I mean, there may be certain, if you have the, if you actually have COVID and you're wearing a mask all the time, you're actually breathing a lot of uh, the virus down into your lungs. And it's a lung disease that kills people with this. Um, you have to realize too that half of all deaths occurred in nursing home patients. Um, and it's, COVID is really bad for morbidly obese patients. You know, I've been fighting against obesity my whole career. That's what my performance medicine is really dedicated towards. And early on, I saw this, that, you know, when you see pictures when you're watching the news of people that had died from this disease, most of them were morbidly obese, if you'll take a look. Um, diabetics type 2 had a, had a rough time. Again, most of them are obese. Um, people with low vitamin D. Um, I think that's why it's especially hit blacks and Latinos. Dark-skinned folks don't absorb vitamin D. And I think 9 out of 10 patients that had to be hospitalized with COVID had low vitamin D levels. Um, that's why I, I did that poster with me holding up a take vitamin D sign on the, on the interstate that got, got quite a few views. Um, so... We have to realize our country is in a very poor health, uh, mostly because of obesity and poor nutrition. And I think that's why it hit us the worst. Um, so shame on us, and let's concentrate our efforts towards getting in shape. We, we need to learn something from this horrible experience we've gone through in the last year. Um, now let's talk a little bit about the vaccines. Now, again, I'm not an anti-vaccine person. I'm really not. Um, vaccines are different, though. Some of them work really well to immunize you for life uh, with, with one shot, like measles and mumps and that type of thing. There's others that can come back. Um, 
uh, viruses like the flu. I mean, it, it mutates every year, and half the time they never get it right anyway. And that's that's one reason I stopped taking the flu shot years ago. I used to get it every year. And I listened to so many patients tell me that the flu shot gave them the flu, so I started kind of believing them. And I always said before that that was just BS, there's no way, because that's what I was taught to tell them. Um, so if you don't want to get the flu shot, don't get the flu shot. Um, if you're really at risk, you should probably still take the flu shot. Uh, but again, keep your immune system in check and take your vitamins. Um, since I've become a huge vitamin taker, um, knock on wood, I just don't get sick much. Um, but anyway, so um, there's still some spikes out there. I mean, the rates have plummeted with hospitalizations and cases. You know, we're seeing definite light at the end of the tunnel. And I really think that we're going to have herd immunity pretty soon, uh, definitely by summer, unless something crazy happens. But, um, you know, with the vaccines and all the people that have already had this uh, disease, and we're going to get herd immunity. Um, that's one thing I want to discuss with some of the vaccines versus natural immunity. Um, but there's still some spikes. There's still some spikes around town here. I treated four cases today, and this is my off day. It's Sunday when I'm recording this thing, um, four cases. Um, so natural immunity is when you've already had COVID and that's a lot of people have already had COVID millions of people have already had it. And half the people that had it don't even know it because they're asymptomatic. Um, so the best thing really, as far as immunity, this thing is if you've already had the disease and you did well, there's certain people that we call long haulers that are going to have problems for years from having this. So if you had a choice, you probably wouldn't want to have it. But if, you know, you're a person that's already had it and did well, consider yourself lucky. And um, in my opinion, you don't need to get the shot, at least not for a while, not for months. And we'll see how this plays out. But um, so let's talk about the vaccine a little bit. Um, you know, the mRNA, messenger RNA, what it does, it sends a signal inside the cell uh, to make uh, through ribosomes inside the cell. This gets kind of complex, which I don't understand at all because I'm not an, a vaccine maker. I'm just a doctor. Um, but anyway, um, it's a new kind of technology, and they've really – Warp speed is a good thing because the government had to do something, and, you know, kudos to them for that. But they really did rush these mRNA vaccines through about 10 months' worth of studies on them. Again, we had the most brilliant people in the world working on it. Um, it usually takes a vaccine about 20 years to get approved. So um, it's, it's hard to say how effective they're going to be in the long run. Um, you know, the the natural immunity to this thing, if you've had the disease, you have natural killer cells, T uh, cell immunity, the B cell immunity, all these different ways. The vaccine really, and the natural immunity codes against, you know, that, that ball with the spike on it that you see everywhere. The natural immunity codes against the whole thing the ball and the spike the vaccine only codes for the that spike protein 
So, you know, you're truly not getting rid of the whole thing um, like you are when you have natural immunity. Um, and again, how long either one of them last, we don't know, but we think from all I've read and researched that the vaccine is going to be a lot shorter than the immunity from uh, having the, the COVID itself um, for that reason and many others. So I'm pretty sure that these first two vaccines are going to be like the flu shot because of mutations. Viruses mutate, they change. And they're already talking about making booster shots. So this thing may be something that you have to do like the flu shot. You may have to get a booster, you know, every six months or a year. So how well it's going to cover for these variants, we don't know yet. That's just something we, we don't know. Um, so the thing about um, this vaccine, too, it's really not FDA approved. It's approved only for emergency use. Um, so it's not a fully approved vaccine. That's why you can't, you can't sue anybody when they make a vaccine if something happens to you. Um, so the first two vaccines that came out were mRNA vaccines made by Pfizer and Moderna. It's really, it's really gene therapy is what it is, which I don't, I'm not against it. I mean, if you can make a gene act in a certain way to protect you, I'm fine with that. But it's, it's kind of different than the typical uh, killed virus vaccines or such that we've had before. Um, and they have had research on this before with vain results sometimes disastrous results. Um, so side effects from the, these two vaccines, we've all heard of them. I mean, you know, I've known hundreds and hundreds of patients who have had them, and a lot of them get pretty sick with it. Uh, they all get a sore arm, and a lot of them to the point where they can't even lift that arm for a few days. Um, a lot of them get uh, lymph nodes are swelling under the uh armpit that's why they say don't get a mammogram for six months after you've taken this shot um so for the first 30 million of these um mrna vaccines there were 929 deaths doesn't sound like a lot but 929 deaths and you won't see the the media mention this at all um you know for the flu vaccine where I think there's there's typically about 190 million people to get that shot a year. I think there's something like, I've got it written down here somewhere, but I think it's um, very few deaths. I mean, very, very few deaths that we see. Um, I mean, you can almost count them. Uh, I think it may be around 90 or so, but way, way less than the mRNA vaccines. Uh, and, and the, in fact, the these first two vaccines are about eighty times more risky than a flu vaccine. Um, it was twenty four deaths out of one hundred ninety million shots with the flu vaccine uh, last year, so not a lot. Um, so I have seen a lot of reactions to this, from anywhere from sore arms to severe um, chilling, fever, put you in the bed for a couple days, usually do recover. Um, I've had people that had no reaction at all. Um, I've seen several people who had two days later had full-blown COVID 
had one this week, two days after the shot, they had full-blown COVID that we had to treat. Now, whether or not they already had it and it kind of activated it, possible. Um, so you don't know. But uh, they also, the other thing is, too, anaphylaxis. Um, the risk of anaphylaxis is there. And take it from a guy who's had anaphylaxis, me, to, a, to an allergy shot when I was in medical school. It would have killed me if I hadn't known what it was and rushed to the ER and spent the night in the hospital getting pumped full of steroids. Um, remember, medical error is the third leading cause of death in the United States. So you got to be careful. Anyway, it turns out there, there is something called polyethylene glycol in these mRNA shots. Um, which is something you find in antifreeze. And that's probably why um, there's been some uh, anaphylaxis to this. You know, it's not something you really want as a carrier, but it's in there. Um, you know, vaccines have to have carriers to get it in. Um, they, they usually use lipid molecules, too, which are good. But, but anyway, so if you do get one of these first two shots of mRNA vaccines, by Pfizer or Moderna, please don't just get the shot and leave. Hang around, you know. I mean, if you go to the super speedway and get this, they tell you to pull your car over, you know, for an hour and hang around. So, um, you know, um, so just be wary of that. Again, I'm not against these two vaccines um, for for a lot of people because we, we've got to get uh, some of this herd immunity over with. Um, you know, um, I think one of the reasons we had to rush through to get somewhere is because our hospitals were being overwhelmed. Now they're not overwhelmed, and they didn't really have the need for all those ventilators anyway. It was also actually a mistake to put so many people on ventilators. You know, we've learned a lot about outpatient as well as inpatient treatment of COVID. Um, now let's talk about a couple other vaccines that are really viral vector vaccines. It's more traditional. The AstraZeneca one is not approved in most countries um, because they've seen a lot of blood clots. So right now, um, that one's kind of off the table for right now. The one that I'm most interested in and that I would probably take if I decide to take it is the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Um, it's an adenovector shot. Um, and it's, it's really, it's also, it's not mRNA, it's a DNA type uh, thing. So it does, it is somewhat of a genetic thing, but more traditional in the way it acts. There's no polyethylene glycol in it. It's a one-shot deal. There's no anaphylaxis to it. So I think it is probably going to be safer. They say it's not as effective, but, you know, it's like comparing apples and oranges. It was studied at a much later time when the variants were out. So I think it's probably going to be more effective against these variants. And again, there's been no hospitalizations or deaths um, after this shot. Um, and personally, I've seen, I've talked to several people, not as many because it's newer, but I've talked to several people who've had this shot, talked to four tonight by phone, and they had no reactions, not even a sore arm to it. And again, it's, it's a one-shot deal. Um, so, you know, I'd probably be more attuned to take this one than the first two. Um, and again, the government will tell you and the media will tell you any shots you can get in your arm, get it in there. And I'm saying you have a choice and you should know which vaccine you're getting and be able to choose for it. Um, so, 
Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll kind of see how it goes. But uh, how long do the vaccines last? Nobody knows. Um, you know, this thing is really weird. I, I've also seen some problems with um, the mRNA vaccine, at least setting off some autoimmune diseases like reactivating rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, etc. A lot of your rheumatologists are discouraging some of their serious patients from taking this vaccine because they know it can set their immune system uh, on high alert and give them, you know, recurrences and activations. So be careful if you do with that. Again, to talk to your doctor about this. Um, you know, another thing that I wanted to mention that with, with these vaccines, you can still transmit the virus to others. So I think a lot of reason they want young people to get it is because so the young people feel guilty. They don't want to give it to their grandparents. Well, you can still transmit the virus um, even after you've had the vaccine. So it's not 100% on that. Um, I thought it was odd that um, during this year's Super Bowl that they let, I think it was a 1,000 people have free tickets that had had the vaccine what they should have done is just filled the whole super bowl with people who had already had covid because there's no way they could transmit it to anybody else even despite being right next to each other that's what they should have done in my opinion um so should you get a shot you know if you're a if you've had COVID recently, uh, there's no way I'd get it. I think you, it's more likely to reactivate something. Your immune system's already on high alert. Why would you want to do that? And I've seen many people already do that, even young people, which I think is crazy. If you're less than 50 and, the, and very healthy, you could consider, you know, if you want to take the shot or not. I'm not against it, but um, if you didn't want to take the shot, don't take it. If you're between 50 and 75, if you're a health care worker or has, have a lot of risk, you should probably think about it. If you're over 75 or in a nursing home or have a lot of chronic conditions, you should probably get a vaccine if you haven't had the disease. Um, if you're under 40 and your risk of dying is 0.01%, and if you're healthy and have a good immune system, your risk is even a lot, lot lower than that. Um, now, again, there are outliers. I've, I've heard of it. Um, so if you're under 60, really, uh, COVID is less, less lethal than the flu, is what they're saying. Um, so the other thing about it is, and I want to end up with this, is that you know, they're pushing all the vaccines. And again, I'm not against the vaccine, but they're not they're not telling you that there's a great treatment available for COVID. I mean, we have monoclonal antibodies for people at risk. I've sent many people for it and they turn around very quickly. Um, and I've treated hundreds and hundreds of other cases early on with medicines that we have that are very safe, they're dirt cheap, like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, um, zithromat, zinc, vitamin D, C, quercetin, um, melatonin, pepsid, aspirin. Again, the key to that, you got to get them early. You need to get it within the first five days because some people do real well with this virus for five days. Then between days five and ten, they crash, get that cytokine inflammatory storm 
and then they end up going to the hospital. So, um, you know, we've monitored hundreds of patients uh, by telemedicine uh, daily. Um, we're still treating them. Of course we're going to treat them because we want to jump on this and not tell a patient that if you get worse, just go to the hospital. You know, by then it may be too late for you. So this is a serious thing. And so all this advice on vaccines, I just wanted to kind of discuss it when I got a lot more information about the vaccine. So keep tuned about that. I'm not against the vaccine. There's a lot of people that should have this vaccine for sure. Um, the last thing I want to mention is I hope we've learned a, a huge lesson from this that we can take for our future health and the health of this country. Um, you have to realize that the U.S. is in very poor health. We're obese. We're on too many drugs. Um, we're too stressed out. Our immune systems are shot because we don't get enough sleep. We don't exercise enough. We're fat. Um, so we don't take enough vitamins. There's not enough nutrition in our foods. But it's available to you. All you have to have is some interest in it and some knowledge. So please, this next year, you know, learn to how to take care of yourself. Take your vitamins. Get leaner. Um, De-stress. Get a good night's sleep. Take care of your immune system because this, this whole thing is about your immune system. Take care of your gut where most of your immune system is located. And if you need any help with this or guidance, of course, at Performance Medicine, that's what we do every day. Um, so I hope this, this helps a lot of people. Um, I hope it's not too controversial. And uh, if there's any questions, uh, don't hesitate to email us uh, at performancemedicine.net or come visit us at our offices. I'll see you next week. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.